worship. And where, where are you at? Man, that was awesome. And the whole team, let's give the whole team just a big hand. Just, uh, and you know, um, I'm brand new to you, haven't met you, you haven't met me. But uh, I love your city here at Columbus. I've just, just, you know, I've been, I've been to 86 countries of the world, but I've never been to Columbus, Ohio. And um, so what a, what a wonderful city and just a tremendous atmosphere. And I've had a great time. We had a meeting yesterday morning, and um, I haven't had the privilege really to go to churches on a local basis and several years now, and this has really been a refreshing time for me to get back in here with you. Now, I go to church, right, but I haven't had a chance uh, because of my schedule, and I love your pastor, Pastor Jim. Now, you know, uh, now, now I'm, I get to see and get around because of my background and, uh, and some of the things I do. I get to meet a lot of different pastors from really all over the world. I typically am somewhere internationally once a month. I try to stay home during December, um, and uh, and occasionally I'm able to stay home in July. So those two months I pick to not literally travel internationally, uh, and so I get to meet a lot of ministers and primarily in conferences and those kind of things. But I tell you, very rarely do I see someone. With, uh, with the spirit of excellence and the spirit, uh, the insight that your pastor has in the area of finances and leadership. It's very rare. I want you to know that. And uh, I think we ought to give your pastor a big hand of appreciation for who he is. Um, and, 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 be, and believe me, I mean that. And the truth of the matter is he's also persistent. Now, I don't know if you've ever, he is, a, he is persistent because I, I think a while back we scheduled a time when I could come and then I was unable to make it. Um, and uh, a lot of times if that happens, sometimes, you know, the people who have invited me just give up. And uh, man, he, he was persistent and I sure am glad you were, Pastor Jim, because in the light of that, I have had such an awesome time here. And um, I'm just glad to be with you here today, this morning, and to be in this atmosphere. You know, what a, what a great setting. Well, this morning, uh, I'm not going to talk about too much of my stuff or anything like that. I'm just going to share the word with you. Is that okay? Yeah. And uh, so yesterday morning, we had, uh, I think we had about three hours or so, of maybe went as long as four uh, and we did it all in one session. No, really, we, uh, we took breaks about every 50 minutes. So today, usually on Sunday, so you can kind of relax, I usually don't preach more than about three hours. So, uh, and so you can relax. You know, I learned a long time ago as a young pastor, and I'm only young minister, I'm only 39, uh, but I, I learned as a young pastor, took me a while to learn it, but I learned you don't get paid for overtime. They don't give you time and a half or double time uh, for going too long. So this morning we're going to share some thoughts. I have been uh, dating my wife now for 47 years. I don't, uh, 
I don't uh, don't have a picture of here of here her here. I had one yesterday, and uh, I have two children. I have a daughter age forty. Remember now, I'm thirty nine, and uh, and I have a son who's uh, who's thirty nine. So we had them about thirteen months apart. They're both our biological children, uh, but it took us those first two to kind of figure out how all that happened. So once we figured that out, uh, we kind of worked it out. I have four grandsons, ages 5 to 12, all from my son, and uh, I have now taken my daughter and my son out of the will and have put the four grandsons in the will, and uh, so they tell me that all the time. How many, how many grandparents we got in here today? Wow, that's awesome. Look at the grandparents. That's incredible. So what a, yeah, I love grandparents, and I love my grandkids. Grandparents know what I mean when I'm talking about that. The best thing about grandkids, you get to love them and spoil them and send them home. You know, when you, when you, were, uh, when you were parenting, you had to love them and keep them. You know, you had to, they, but as grandparents, you can love them and spoil them and get them things the parents don't like, you know, like ice cream and sugar and all kinds of stuff and spoil them and then I can't get no help when I'm trying today from the grandparent. That's what we do. Uh, so this morning I want to share some things with you today. I believe that from the Word of God that will help you and uh, encourage you. I have the privilege just to, so you get to know me just for a second. I'm, I'm sure you've seen things. I have the privilege of doing several things in my life. Uh, when I was uh, when I was 51, about to turn 52, um, I kind of retired, and I took about, now there was no crisis, there was no trouble, it's just I happened to get to a place in my life where, um, uh, at that age, where financially that I was able to do that, and so I thought the greatest goal that I had in life was where I could retire and just do whatever I wanted to do whenever I wanted to do it. And that really was my story. And so I bought another home. I had a ski condo. Not telling, but just to tell you, kind of give my background of me being up here today. Had a, a large ski condo, looking right over the slopes. Um, watched the people ski down um, in Keystone, Colorado. And I had a beach property down in South Texas. And then I had a nice home um, that I had in a place called the Woodlands, Texas. And uh, so I was done, didn't need to see anybody, didn't need to do anything. And uh, after about two years of doing nothing, sitting on the couch, didn't go anywhere, didn't do anything, my wife came in one day with a real spiritual word, and she told me, after two years, if you don't get off that couch, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and uh, she was a, she's a South Texas girl, so down there they not only know how to hit, they know how to shoot. And uh, so, so she, uh, so she, God really did use her to stir my nest. I told him that story yesterday. But the reason I share all of that is because I just want to encourage you today, no matter where you are in life, no matter what stage you're in, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And I don't say that in some simplistic way, that God really has uniquely called you and set you and when you connect to that person, uh, excuse me, to that purpose, whether you're young or old, wherever you are in whatever season of your life, 
you connect to that purpose, it's that purpose really that takes you to places that God wants you to go. And for those of you that are like me, maybe in this particular phase of life, age-wise, even older folk who don't who don't necessarily uh, maybe have to do something, maybe you are retired, connecting to your purpose is critical and key. If you're a young person going through certain places and navigating certain waters, connecting to your purpose is key. So one of the things I've learned through this is, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit today, is I want to share with you some things the Lord has shown me over the years about the favor of God. How that as we begin to connect to those things, how God's favor will rest upon our life. And, and God, listen, God, we already know this, but God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Ask or think. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. So one day I was reading this particular passage I want to share with you in the book of Jeremiah chapter 52. And I wasn't studying to preach or studying to teach. I have the privilege of uh, teaching at uh, Karis Bible College in Woodland Park, Colorado. I'm, uh, uh, I'm the executive vice president of Andy Walmack Ministries and also of Karis Bible College. I also have uh, two other nonprofits. We call Tricor Global and Wealth Builders, two separate ones. Um, where we teach and educate and train. And uh, so one day when I was just doing my devotional several years ago, just reading the word, this passage just jumped out at me in Jeremiah chapter 52 in verse 31. And uh, it said in the 37, and by the way, I'm going to read it from here from the Amplified Bible. The Amplified Classic Bible is the passage that I'm going to read from. In Jeremiah 52, in verse 31, it says, And in the 37th year of the captivity of Joachim, also called Conaniah and Jeconiah, king of Judah, in the 12th month, on the 25th day of the month, evil Merodach, king of Babylon, in the first year of his reign, lifted up the head of Joachim, king of Judah, and showed favor to him and brought him out of prison. And he spoke kindly to him and gave him a seat above the seats of the kings who were captives with him in Babylon. And Joachim put off his prison garments and he dined regularly at the king's table all the days of his life. And his allowance, now this is the part I like, and his allowance, a continual one, was given to him by the king of Babylon, a portion according to his requirements until the day of his death, all the days of his life. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you today for your word. We ask you this morning that minds would be renewed we thank you that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. And so today our faith is strengthened in what you have spoken. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You know, as I was reading this passage, and uh, the very first time that I read it, it just kind of stood out to me. And I was reading it, 
in, devotionally at that time in the New Living Translation of the Bible. And as I was studying through there, and then, of course, with these new iPads and other kind of uh, uh, personal devices you can carry, it's amazing what you can do in, in these new Bible programs. And so I was researching, and I pulled it up in the Amplified Bible and read the same passage here. And it just amazed me because we know here, we're talking about, of course, King of Babylon, but we know that God himself is no respecter of persons. So as I was reading this passage, and I saw that there were other kings, in fact, many other kings that were in captivity, but one, of, one day this particular king, King of Babylon, decided to just lift up Joachim and bring him out, right? And the Bible says, set him above the other kings. And so as I was reading, that just stood out to me. So I went back in to the Amplified Bible and began to read it and began to study it. And I saw the different things that he did for the, you know, he, he brought him out. He put, took off his prison clothes, gave him a new set of clothes. He let him eat at his table regularly. And he gave him a daily allowance. How many of you like to have a daily allowance? Now, not a monthly allowance, right? I mean, it was a daily allowance. I'm trying to get some help today. Yeah. It was, a, it was a daily allowance. And so as I, I, I began to read this, and so I was praying over this passage, and so I said to the Lord, Lord, what happened? In other words, why all of a sudden did this king reached down? You know, it's kind of like Joseph, right, being in prison those years and being forgotten, right, by the baker and the butler, and, and then all of a sudden they remembered, and the king brought him out. I said, so what happened here? And as I began to study it, I began to look up the names that were in the passage. Uh, as I began to look at the names in the passage, I found out that Joachim, the king who got lifted up, his name actually meant preparation. His name, Joachim, actually meant preparation. Now think about this. He was in captivity here in Babylon for 37 years. Wow, that's a long time. 37 years. What was Joachim doing during those 37 years? Evidently, there was something about Joachim in his life. There was something about him that he had what I call a spirit of preparation that was on his life and for 37 years when it looked like nothing was happen, uh, happening when it looked like there was no hope there was no relief nothing was changing in his life Joachim here I believe did not give up did not change his thinking did not let the devil back him up a step or two <clears throat> but Joachim excuse me stayed in that spirit of preparation for 37 years. I don't know what the other kings were doing, but there was something about Joachim in his life that caused God to lift him up and set him above the other kings. And for 37 years, when it looked like nothing was happening, all of a sudden, these things got new clothes, got a table to eat out daily, right, every day. He got a daily allowance that came to him. And the Bible says here, in the Amplified Bible specifically, it said the king lifted him up and showed favor to him. 
So there's something here we're going to talk about on the favor of God that is around our life. When we look and or can be and is on our life from God, we know scripturally, if, if you read it, you know that favor literally means, of course, or grace, excuse me, the word grace in the New Testament literally means the unmerited favor of God, right? That's what grace means, the unmerited favor of God. Favor literally means acceptance, goodwill, and I like this last one, preferential treatment. So here's the first thing I want to give you this morning. I believe it will encourage and help you is, number one, I'm convinced from the Scripture that favor, the favor of God, favor on your life is attracted to a spirit of preparation. Favor is attracted to a spirit of preparation. You could be like Joachim, and you may be, for example, today, you may be in a season of preparation in your life, and it may look like nothing is happening for you. It may look like nothing is taking place. But if you're honoring God in that season, and you're going through dealing in a season of preparation, sometimes we don't even know that's what it is. That, but if we're doing that and we're honoring God with it, favor is attracted to that. Now, we know the parable of the talents. In Matthew chapter 25, we know that the master came, and we know that, of course, he came and he found the one who had five talents, and the Bible said he gave him, uh, uh, excuse me, found the man, and he gave him, excuse me, he gave him five talents, and we know that man took the five talents that the master gave him, and he took the five talents and went and made five more. Then we know he came to the other next man and he gave him two talents. And we know, watch this now, we know that the one with the two made two more. And so now he's got four. The first one has ten talents now. The second one, because he took those two and, and invested them, he now has four talents. He came to the last man and he only gave him one talent. And we know that the last man took the one talent scripturally because he was afraid he was going to lose it. He took it and dug a hole and put it in the ground. Now, when the master came back and he did a reckoning of what they had done with their accounts, the, he came to the one with five and the one with five said, Master, here it is. You gave me five. I'm giving you five more back. So now you have ten talents. And he said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And really the same thing happened with the one he had given two. The one with two said, here's four. And the master said, well, good, well done, uh, thou good and faithful servant. Now when he came to the one with the one, here's what the one with the one said, who took it and hit it, dug a hole, put it in the ground. He said, I know you to be a hard man. So the first thing was his attitude was wrong. He said, I know you to be a hard man. And then I thought this was real revelation, Pastor Jim. He said, you're reaping where you have not sown. Now, this is what the one with the one talent who hit it told the master. He said, I know you to be someone who reaps where you have not sown. Now, there's a whole teaching in that. Right? But here's what's interesting about that passage. The Bible says the master reached out, of course, and talked to him about his unfaithfulness. And he took 
the one talent which he did have, he took it away from him. Now he has no talent. He took it back. He took it away. And watch what he did. He took it and gave it to the one who had how many? Ten. Now everybody says, well, I know that story. I heard that in Sunday school when Pastor Jim preached on it last month. And I know that story. But let me tell you something you may not know. The question is, what did the one with ten talents do to get the one talent? And the answer is nothing. He did nothing. He was faithful with the five and turned it into five more. What happens is when you are faithful with what God puts in your life through a spirit of preparation, watch this now, then the blessings of God and the favor of God get attracted to your life. So there is a time in your life, and I'm going to share this with you later, There's a time. there are times in your life where you will reap where you have not specifically sown because favor is attracted to a spirit of preparation. Things will just begin to happen for you in your life. God will show up and bless you and bring in Increase on your life. Now watch this. Some people wonder, well, how come the guy down there got this and I didn't? The truth is, if you look back, it's going to be like Joachim. When God lifted him up and put him above the other kings, evidently there was something that Joachim was doing in his prayer chamber. Evidently there was something that Joachim was doing in studying the word. Evidently there was something that Joachim was doing in applying where he was. And when you and I get into that phase in our life, honoring God, I call it being good stewards of what God has called us to do. When it seems like nothing is working in our life, there's no breakout. All of a sudden, God shows up and lifts us up and takes us and sets us above the other kings, not that we're comparing. Those things happen because the favor of God comes and God adds to our life things we didn't even see coming. So favor, the favor of God, gets added to us in what I call as, and is attracted to us in what I call a spirit of preparation. You know, Jesus said in Luke chapter 16, I'm not going to teach on it, but you know, what he, what he said about in Luke 16, he said, he that's faithful in little things, I'll give you much. Remember that? And then he said, he that's faithful in unrighteous manner, right? Then, then, then I'll give him the righteous mammon. Of course, mammon means money. And then I think, I think one of the key things, Pastor Jim, in this passage, he said, he that is faithful to another man or to another man's work, and that could be man or woman, to another, in other words, they have a servant's heart they're willing to commit, you're here today, you can pat yourself on the back. At least you're here on Sunday morning, praise the Lord. And you're faithful to that which is another man's. In other words, you're willing to serve, you're willing to be here. Jesus said that's faithfulness in your life. So as you begin to obey God in those different areas, favor is attracted to that 
so that the supernatural happenings and things for God will happen in your life and God will bring those things to you. Can you say amen? Now, the second thing I want you to get here for uh, just for a second, I won't dwell too long, um, but that is, is that favor is released in our life. Remember, it's attracted to a spirit of preparation. And, and by the way, just let me give this to you. I don't have it here in my notes, but I mentioned it yesterday in the teaching Saturday morning. Uh, I like to say it this way. The best things in life are attracted, not pursued. What I said yesterday in the meeting on when we were teaching on business and those things, money is attracted, not pursued. So what happens is, I'm not saying you don't have to work. I'm not saying you don't have to be a steward. I'm saying when you begin to get in that place in your life, money begins will begin to be attracted to you because of the things you're doing. Favor is the same way, of course. That, that's part of that process. But then this other piece I want to show you, and this is something I've experienced in my own life. I've had to learn it over the years, and it's the second one, and that is this, that favor is attracted uh, and uh, is released, excuse me, favor is released to you, released to you through a spirit of association. Let me say it to you this way. You need to be careful about who you're around and what they're doing to you. Now, I'm not telling you to go get rid of all your friends or all your center friends. I used to tell my kids when they were teenagers, if you can sit on the ice and melt it, then stay around them. But if you sit on the ice and it freezes, you need to get out. So favor is released through what I call a spirit of association. And what I call that, my wife and I pray this every morning, is, is what happens is God has divine connections and what I call kairos moments that are for your life. And those divine connections or kairos moments are released into your life and God does things for you through those times when he either brings people to you or he brings certain things to your life. For example, kairos moments simply mean God opportune moments. And sometimes God shows up in our life. And if we want to use finances as an example sometimes, uh, God sometimes will show up in our life with a God opportune moment. And because we haven't been in that spirit of preparation, because we haven't been doing that, we don't recognize sometimes the God opportune moments and things that God will bring to our life. So we miss what God is bringing to us sometimes. Sometimes in association and relationship. And so I told Pastor Jim yesterday, I very, I very rarely meet pastors. And I do it now mostly in kind of in groups where, where I go. I don't have the opportunity much to do one-on-one. But very rarely do I meet many pastors that are more and more are. But they're not geared in, for example, to the marketplace. They're not geared into what God is really doing around the world in the area of city and nation transformation. They're not as geared in. Now, some are and some aren't. And so, uh, you know, in fact, in fact, one of the guys that, and, and Pastor Jim knows this, that I've, I've done historically a lot of stuff with, a guy named Lance Walnow. And Lance and I have done, I've done a lot of his dream trips and 
in his, uh, his larger deals, and he's come, and, and we have wealth builders every year. He speaks there every year. And so we've, we've talked a lot about this. And so in this church, I believe you have that. In other words, I believe there's that understanding and revelation, which is a good thing. But when, when, when you begin to realize here, as we start processing through this, that those God-opportune moments that the Holy Spirit brings to us, many times we miss that. So favor is released, I believe, into our life through a spirit of association. So you're here. That's a good thing. Amen? Now, the other thing is God has people for your life. In Luke chapter 19, I actually read this verse yesterday, and uh, I, I wanted to read it again today, and just for a moment, I, I used it kind of in another context, but I want to show this in the Amplified Bible again in Luke 19 and verse 44. It says, And they will dash you down to the ground, you Jerusalem and your children within you, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another, all because you did not come progressively to recognize and to know and understand from observation and experience the time of your visitation. Most people, because they haven't applied themselves, and I'm not going to teach on this this morning, but they haven't applied themselves to really learning and understanding, and especially here in this application, Spiritually speaking, they don't even recognize sometimes when God does show up to bless them and to increase them and to show favor to their life. They either dismiss it and say, I'm not qualified, or they say it's not God at all, or they do different things when all the time it's the Holy Spirit uh, that, that, that shows up. And let, and, and let me say this to you. When it comes to change in your life, I think, I don't know if we still have a book out there, on called change master but but when it comes to change in your life change for most people when God shows up to bring you something where favor is released over your life and God's going to usher you into a to, to a new season many people will never walk into the new season that God has for them because if they take that step to walk in that new season it feels unfamiliar and uncomfortable to them so when they get out there and start taking those steps, it feels unfamiliar and uncomfortable. So they think it's God because of that feeling of uncomfortableness. They think it's the Holy Spirit telling them not to do it. So what they do is they mistake the voice of resistance in their flesh for the voice of the Holy Spirit, when God is telling them all the time, they need to change and move where I want you to do. And so we say, oh, God told me not to do it, when all the time it was the feeling of uncomfortableness and something that is unfamiliar, when all the time God is trying to release you into a new season of favor on your life. Thank you for all those enthusiastic amens. So when I look back on my life about different things that God has done, I am convinced, ladies and gentlemen, that over here there is a treasure chest of divine connections. 
and God opportune moments that God has for your life and my life. And because God is no respecter of persons, everybody's got that treasure chest. In other words, they got one. Is that good English? They got one. I'm from South Texas. I wore my, didn't wear my boots today on purpose. Next time I come, I'll have my boots on, believe me. But they got a treasure chest of divine connections, God-opportune moments over here, and God said, I'm no respecter of persons. What I'll do for one, I'll do for the other. And these things that are in this treasure chest are something that is supernatural that propels you to your purpose and to your destiny in the different seasons we're in. And because God is no respecter of persons, what he did for Joachim, he'll do for you. Yet this treasure chest is over here full of divine connections and kairos, God-opportune moments. <clears throat> and most people in the body of Christ have never even opened the lid on the treasure chest. You open it up, there's all kinds of divine connections. My wife and I, we pray seven things every morning. This morning we prayed. I was in the hotel room. My wife called me. Sometimes we FaceTime, and, uh, and, and then sometimes we just do it with the, with the, you know, with the, not voicemail, but with the speaker on. And so she has her own, and we pray. And one of the things, of the seven things we pray, two of those things we pray every morning together. We speak the word over them are, number one, divine connections. We say, in fact, let me just tell you this. Number one, we pray supernatural favor. We pray this. We say, Father, we thank you today that favor is being released over our life. The Second Corinthians chapter, I mean, Psalms chapter 5 and verse 12 <clears throat> says that we're surrounded in, in the NIV Bible says we're surrounded with favor as a shield. So we declare today our life is surrounded with favor as a shield. Second Corinthians chapter 9 and, and verse uh, Second uh, Corinthians chapter nine and verse nine in the Amplified Bible says that you will release to us every favor and every earthly blessing. So we declare today every favor and every earthly blessing is being released. You said in the Amplified Bible in Genesis chapter twelve and verse two regarding Abram, you said that you have released. Watch this now. You have released over him an abundance of favor in his life. So we declare that. And then, Lord, secondly, we thank you for divine connections. We thank you. Isaiah 43, verses 3, 4, and 5 says, You've given people for our life. So we call in the people, not selfishly, but from a godly perspective. We call them in from the north, south, east, and west. Not, not just for the harvest to be born again. We do that. But we also call them in. There's divine connections that you have for us already in this earth that have come in Jesus' name to release us into our destiny. I just prayed there for 60 seconds. And if that can't get your crank turned, you probably don't have a crank. Mm -hmm. So favor is attracted to a spirit of preparation. But watch this now. But favor is released to you. In your life, by God bringing the right moments and the right people to you. 
Some of you got to open up your eyes. So several years ago, as I said yesterday several times, I'm only 39. This is quite a few years ago. Now, quite a few years ago, I was standing um, in a Ford dealership having the oil changed in my Ford Explorer. And it was back before the days landlines in your home uh, were still the predominant phone that people used. But analog cell phones had come out. Now, I know the young people in here, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But in those days, you know, we had the brick, right? So the big brick you see in some of the movies with the, so we, so we, so it was during that time, the brick. I saw many realtors carrying bricks around in their ears. But right about the time that the bricks were around, there was these little new phones that had come out. Uh, that Nokia in those days, most of you don't even know who Nokia is, I don't think. Is that right? Does Nokia still sell phones? They do? Okay. So Nokia, there was this little black phone. And what was funny was it had kind of an orange face. How many of you remember those? So that if somebody was calling, so if Pastor Jim was calling me, it would actually say on the orange face, it would say calling like I need to know he was calling. I could hear it calling, but it would say calling. That's what was happening. And, of course, today, in this day and age, you have these kind of phones, right? And so if Pastor Jim is calling, it doesn't say calling. It actually says, uh, in his case, would say Jim Baker, and then I could just reach up and hit decline. That's a joke. Settle down. Settle down. I'm kidding. <laughs> but in those days, it said calling. Well, back then, there was only two people. Truthfully, I had my cell phone number. Those were the days when these analog phones, and that was my wife and my executive assistant that had been with me for a long time. She'd been with me a really long time. In fact, ultimately, she was with me right at 30 years. So she'd been with me many years. So I picked up, I said, hello. I'm standing in the dealership. I, we're talking about, right, Divine Connections and Kairos Phone. So I'm standing in the dealership, and I pick the phone up, and I say hello, not knowing who it is. I say hello, thinking that it's either going to be my wife, Becky, or my executive assistant for all those years. Her name is Lynn. And the guy on the other end of the phone says this to me. The guy, a male voice, said, in those days, he said, is this Pastor Billy Epperhart? And I said, it is. And I'm thinking, who is this? How did they get my number? And, and I, so I said, uh, well, can I ask who you are and how you got my number? And I was real nice about it. You know, I was real nice. I just said, who? and he said, oh, yeah, you're... Your assistant gave it to me. Well, I knew if my assistant gave it to me, either we got a mega emergency going on, there's something happening. So I said to him, very kindly and nicely, I said, how may I help you? Now, folks, you got to understand this. In those days, I, I, I was pastor, and I was pastoring a little church on the backside of the desert. In fact, let me just explain it to you. I was in Littleton, Colorado, 
and, and Littleton at that time, or not Littleton, but Denver at that time, was the third most unchurched city in America. People, we had the Broncos at that time. We didn't need God. It was in the days of the Orange Crush. I know you have Ohio State here. and then uh, and, and so I was on the backside of the desert on Wednesday nights when I was teaching. If I had 20 people show up to hear back in the days when we had Wednesday night. You still have Wednesday night here? No. Back in the days when we still had Wednesday night. We had Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. On Wednesday night, if I had 20 people sitting and listening to me on a Wednesday night, you thought we were having revival. And so this guy, so you got to get the picture. I'm young, right? I'm, I'm in the backside of the desert. And this guy says on the other end of the phone, he says, we have a couple of your cassette tapes that we would like to publish. And I literally took the phone. I'm left-handed. Put it up here. I literally took the phone. I mean, if we sold five cassette tapes on a Sunday morning in the best message I had ever preached in my life, we thought we were having a landslide revival. And I looked at this guy, and I did think, I thought, is this for real? you got to be kidding me. I said, so I put the phone back up. And he said, and, and we will pay you royalties for these cassette tapes. Now, I wasn't much of a business guy at that time, just a little bit. And I said, well, how many tapes are we talking about per week? Now, I, honestly, I'm thinking 100, maybe, 100. He said 35,000. I said, 35, and he said, yeah, we pay you a royalty. Now, when he said royalty, I really perked up. <laughs> and I said, well, tell me how that works. And he says, well, how it works is, he said, um, we publish them. In fact, we're going to edit some of the stuff where you have some church reference. We're going to take all that out, but we're going to publish the content. And we're going to, and he told me how much they'd give me per cassette tape. They sell 35000 And he said, from you, We'd like to get two a month. I'm thinking, I don't think I have two a month material. I'm not sure what I have. We'd like to get two a month. And I said, so how much? And I'm thinking in my mind, I'm adding. And I know none of you would do this, but I'm adding in my mind. And the first time I added and came to the number, I thought, that's more money in one cassette tape than I make pastoring for a whole month. And if you do two a month, and all of a sudden, right there in the Ford dealership, one of the most spiritual places you could be with your all being changed. <laughs> I did the happy dance. <laughs> and I said to him, where are you? Where are you? He said, I'm on the East Coast. Now, I'm in Denver, Colorado. Denver, Colorado is not the East Coast. He said, I'm on the East Coast. And I said, 
how in the world did you get my cassette tapes? I'm in Denver speaking to 20 people on a Wednesday night. He said, a man sent them to us and said, you got to hear this guy. I said, what? (laughs) True story. I found out several months later, this guy had come to our church on a Sunday morning, and I only found out because he came back, he and his wife. And in those days, we were small, but we gave visitors a choice of gifts. They could... They could select the cassette tape I did on, in those days, it was called Seven Steps to Reaching Your Dreams. <coughs> you could do it. So he picked that one. I had another one called Five Characteristics of a Healthy Family. His wife picked that one. And they got it in the visitor packet. Now, most people probably, when they take them home, don't listen. They took them home and listened. And they said, we're going to send them to these people we knew. And that one tape, during the one tape on Seven Steps to Reaching Your Dream, they changed the title on it, it sold over 100,000 copies. I'm standing out here talking to 20 people. God sent somebody I didn't know from somewhere I had never been. Showed up on a Sunday morning one time. Later came back. Now, folks, this is a real thing. I'm not making this up. This happened. Handed that packet. That guy took it out. And for the next five years, true story, true story, I spoke to conventions of people that had over 10,000 in the room on the subject of business. And I can assure you today, I know a whole lot more now than I did then. God has people for your life you have never met. And God has experiences for your life you have never had. And if we'll open up and understand that the Holy Spirit can bring to us those things that he wants to bring to us and that the Holy Spirit can cause to happen in his plan and the purposes that he has for your life. He can cause those things to happen to you. So today, I pray intentionally and speak the word of God. I say, my wife and I together pray, divine connections. And God, opportune moments are being released over our life every day. And it's not just about somewhere you speak or material you have, but it's about the purposes of God around the world and what God is doing to connect people who will connect to him and his purpose and his plan for whatever it is he has. Can I say this? You're not limited. Can I say this? Can I challenge you? You're not stuck. God's no respecter of persons. What he'll do for one, he'll do for the other. There's got to be things you bring 
to the table. Now today I'm a little out of time. I had one more I was going to give you. Um, I'll give you the last point. I'm not going to teach on it, but I'm going to pray for you. I'll just give you the last one, but I'm not going to teach on it. That favor is uncovered, is uncovered by a spirit of expectation. Favor is uncovered by a spirit of expectation. I have a bunch of scriptures and stuff, but I'll just, I'm just going to share this with you. Many, and I'm going to close with this. Many people don't know this about the nation of Israel. We've all many times have heard <clears throat> when the spies for the nation of Israel, right, got ready to go into the land. We know 10 spies said we can't make it, can't do it. We're not qualified. There's giants in the land. Walled cities in the land. You know, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. We, need, we know two went in, Joshua and Caleb. They came back and said, we're well able. And, of course, you read your Bible, you found out. As long as they followed God, they were well able to go in and take the land. Here's what you don't know. This is what I'm going to close with. What most of you probably are not aware of is that about 200 years before the nation of Israel ever went into the promised land. Now remember in the promised land, at the time they got ready to go in, there were walled cities. There were giants. But what you may not know is about 200 years before they went in, the Egyptian pharaoh and the captains of the Egyptian army started removing uh, battalions and soldiers of the, of the Egyptian army out of the land. And over a period of about 150 years, the Egyptians themselves literally evacuated the land. Now, there's still giants in the land. There's still walled cities. But God had dispossessed the, nation, or the land of Israel. God dispossessed it of the Egyptians so the nation of Israel can go in, could go in and possess it. In other words, what I want to say to you this morning, I'm about to pray for you, is this. Is that God dis will dispossess things for you in order that you can possess them. God will set up things in his favor. So if favor is here, you have favor comes to you through a spirit of expectation. You've got to realize those divine connections and kairos moments are out there. And then not only are they there for your life, but there are places that God wants you to go. There are places that, that literally he wants your feet to trod. There are places he wants you to go into. And he has dispossessed those places in order for you to, uh, to possess him. God told Joshua in Joshua chapter 24 and verse 13. He said, I will give you houses you did not build. I will take you into vineyards you did not plant and you will eat the crops that others have planted. Favor is released in your life 
through a spirit of expectation that when you get up every morning, you know there's divine connections and kairos moments, but I'm also looking with a set of eyes to say, God, I believe you have dispossessed some things for me to possess. I believe, and I don't mean you're hurting other people. I don't mean other people are being destroyed. I believe there's things out there, whether it's land and buildings or businesses or other opportunities that are out there, both spiritually and naturally, that God says, I will dispossess those things. He's not hurting other people, but those things become dispossessed. So those with kingdom eyes and a kingdom mindset can go in and possess what has been dispossessed. So when you and I begin to walk in the favor of God and begin to declare that over our life, there's stuff that will start coming to us. Because of that. So this morning, I want to pray for you. And the favor of God is released over your life. And you connect with this in your faith. You connect with this where you are right now in your life. To know that if God be for you, who can be against you? To understand that the mercies of God over your life are new evermore. David prayed that. To understand today that God will do things above what you can ask or think. Just to connect you to his plan and his purpose for your life. This morning I want you to know you're not limited. I want you to know you're not alone. I want you to know that God has experiences for your life you've never had. And God has people for your life you have never met. Let's stand together. Now, I want you this morning to just uh, spiritually speaking, just kind of position yourself um, in a way to receive and also to activate what God wants, what he desires. And as I pray over you for these things to be released in your life, you just get ready. I believe we're going to hear testimonies this week of, of you going out this week alone, meeting people, stuff coming across your path you didn't see, you didn't know about. I believe that. So, Father, right now in Jesus' name, today, first of all, I thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to stand here and to share your word, to preach your word. And then, Father, I thank you today for the privilege of being able to operate in and under the anointing of the Holy Spirit to share your word. And, Lord, now I lift up this congregation and these wonderful people, Pastor Jim and all the staff. And today I say in the name of the Lord Jesus over this group, I say today in the name of Jesus that you are releasing into their life divine connections, God opportune moments. I pray this morning you touch their eyes to see. You would touch their ears to hear and literally touch their tongue so they'll have the words to say to know how to walk through even when things look uncomfortable and unfamiliar. I pray this morning that in the name of Jesus, 
they would possess lands and houses and vineyards and businesses and other places you have them to walk that God in, in your in your place and in your will that those things have been dispossessed so you can go in and they can go in and possess that which you have dispossessed just like you did in the promised land. So Father, we thank you today. Now, Lord, I speak over this congregation, corporately and individually, the spirit of favor today to be released and activated in their life. That, Father, in greater measure, in greater anointing, that that favor will literally act as a magnet and bring to them the things you have for your will and purpose in their life. So, Father, we thank you for it. And we give you praise and honor for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said. Amen.